So greetings, friends, and a very warm welcome to our Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation meeting and um, for in the Festival of Capricorn. I trust that you can all hear me, and um, if you can't, I'm sure Michael will let me know. So, the energetic environment of this Capricorn full moon is ideally suited for us to come together in a united approach to the forces of light. The full moon follows on from the great conjunction in the heavens and the solstice that happened on December 21st. When viewed from the Earth, Jupiter and Saturn appeared to approach each other, almost forming what scholar and editor of the Journal of Archetypal Cosmology, Becca Tarnos, has called a shining double planet. Throughout the ages, this rare event, this coming together of Jupiter and Saturn in conjunction, has been taken by philosophers and astrologers as a metaphorical sign that deep systemic changes in the air and a new season is preparing to unfold in human affairs. Throughout history, when this, on the odd occasions when this has happened, this has definitely been the case. Tarnas writes of the significance of the 2020 conjunction that a great turning of the tides is underway, the end of an era, a fall from inflated heights and a stabilization of new growth. Justice weighs out her scales and every action has the potential to tip the balance towards failure or success. As we ponder the significance of Capricorn with its images of the mountaintop and the goat, we can also hold closely to the heart the recognition that the entire human race and the earth itself is today in a state of extreme crisis. This is perhaps not surprising as Capricorn is one of the three signs signifying crisis and marking the attainment that is achieved after the upheaval and trauma of a crisis has been met. So COVID and all the economic and political turmoil that emerged in 2020 provide a ripe set of circumstances for us to expect something profoundly new to emerge in the post-COVID era. Humanity is very much the focus and the center of our attention in the full moon meditation work. Our shared care for humanity as a kingdom and nature and our willingness to fully stand with the human is central in our imaginative approach to hierarchy in an, and in our work with invocation. It is what we bring to this alignment. And this seems to be perfectly captured in the keynote for the disciple in Capricorn, Lost am I in light supernal. Yet on that light, I turn my back. If the keynote were all about being lost in light, that would mean a totally vertical orientation, a time of looking upwards to the heavens and away from earth. But in a sense, it's as if the keynote contains three phases, three verbs, although one of the verbs is silent. It suggests one process with three parts. First, treading the path up the mountain to the goal of becoming lost in light supernal. And second, that moment of pause when one is lost in that light 
a pause that signified in the keynote without words, but with that simplest of all punctuation marks, the comma. And finally, the natural instinctive result of these first two phases, the act of turning our backs on the light to return to our communities in need in the valleys of life. For the hero's task in Capricorn is to revolve upon the pedestal of light, to turn back and to turn back as a group, becoming in the process a group light bearer, carrying the energies of hierarchy, joining with others to serve in the evolutionary transformation of every field of relationship in the human kingdom ensuring that the moment of opportunity signified by the great conjunction remains in the forefront of our meditative life. Capricorn gives us a picture of synthesis, speaking to us of the three as one, one cycle of breath, breathing in, pausing, breathing out. One cycle that captures both the heights of spiritual realization and the purpose of incarnation to bring that light into the concrete worlds of earth. Through this one cycle of breath, we're given an indelible impression of the apparently impossible task of restoring livingness, beauty and intuition to the fixed culture of the postmodern age. In esoteric parlance and esoteric and Masonic parlance, this is sometimes spoken of as the work of raising or elevating the dead body of humanity. So what might it mean at this time in the great story of human evolution to consider that the world disciple is itself as a collective absorbed in a threefold focus? Assessing the path up the mountaintop, this is the discipleship group. Assessing the path up to the mountaintop, taking its lead from the image of the sure-footed goat. Pausing for a moment on the summit to allow the full significance of the breathtaking vision to seep into the very bones of the discipleship group. And then taking the lead again from the sturdy goat to contemplate the all-important and arduous descent down the mountain and back to the valleys of time and space. Writing about the new group of world servers, the Tibetan commented, those who have entered upon the path of probation have attempted to raise humanity and have failed. Those who have passed upon the path of discipleship have also tried and failed. Those who have themselves mastered circumstance and the illusion of death and have consequently been raised unto life can now attempt the task in united formation. They will succeed. The word has gone forth with the request for this united activity and the urge to bend every effort to raise the dead body of humanity. Great and possible achievement of the Lodge of Masters is now imminent. 
and all aspirants and all disciples can be swung into a synthetic recognition of power and of opportunity. That's from Esoteric Psychology, Volume 2, pages 179 to 180. In the past, evolution has tended to proceed through the achievement of heroic individuals. But as we pass through the great turning of the zodiacal wheel, a new era is unfolding and the pioneering push forward is coming from a network of groups working to bring down into the realm of human thought, lifestyle and organization, a civilization of intuition, livingness, of brotherhood, universality and freedom with completely fresh expressions of goodness, beauty and truth. In a sense, this is what all of our work and all of our lives of so many people is engaged with. We've been taught that the challenge facing spiritual disciples is to take themselves as they are and then regardless of the circumstances of their life, to subordinate their own interests and affairs to the need of the hour. And if this challenge is not itself strong enough, we're reminded of the particular importance of this orientation during the phase of group, national or world crisis. One way of looking at this admonition might be to affirm that those from any spiritual tradition who are adopting this posture, absorbed with poise, balance and right tension in the need of the hour, are by definition the discipleship group including within it the Lodge of the Masters. And we can affirm as well that within this group, something remarkable and unprecedented is happening. It can be seen, or at least the echo of this can be seen in the new sense of responsibility manifesting throughout the world during this coronavirus period. A sense of responsibility that is palpable within the group of world servers and within the vast network of people of goodwill as well. It sometimes seems as if an electrical fire has been set ablaze in the group's sense of purpose and sacrificial will. The Tibetan has described the work facing disciples and those of purpose and will as being to perceive the needs of the coming cycle a cycle wherein the new ideas and ideals must be stressed and for which a fight must be made, wherein the wider plans for the good of the whole must be understood, endorsed and communicated. The new and clearer vision for human living must be grasped and finally brought into being. And a cycle wherein the effort of all members of the new group of world servers must be given to the lifting of humanity's load. It's the end of a quote. There is a mantra which is said to embody this attitude of the group of unified, poised, focused disciples, striving in cooperative effort with others to link hierarchical intent with human aspiration and thus bring humanity nearer to its goal. The mantra is known as the affirmation of the disciple or the affirmation of a disciple. 
Can we enter now into a point of active listening silence? As if the entire group of all who meditate for world service, regardless of what path or teaching they follow, are absorbed into a point of spiritual tension, poised between the opposites of heaven and earth. And after holding this silence for a full minute, a full 60 seconds, let us then together, each in our own homes, use the affirmation of a disciple. The affirmation of the disciple. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God. And thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way. And thus I stand. And standing thus revolve and tread this way the ways of men, and know the ways of God. And thus I stand. This affirmation echoes the refrain, and thus I stand. So it's interesting to consider the image of Capricorn as the divine goat standing on the mountain summit. The divine goat symbolizing the group of world servers. The goat, the group, honed by lifetimes of experience on the mutable and fixed cross standing in full sovereignty before the fiery reality of the Cardinal Cross with all the wisdom of the past. 
It is an image of strength, skill, and remarkable persistence. And yet, standing thus, we are told that Capricorn rules not the feet, but the knees, and that before being trusted with the secrets of initiation, it is the knees that must touch the earth. The feet know the earth in a way that the knees do not. So the initiate must kneel in a symbol of humility and accepted vulnerability before the vision can be revealed. The initiate kneels as human. For illusion, glamour and maya remain in the personal vehicles. Personality and soul remain separate and distinct. Prior to fusion, personality must bow down before the greater light of the soul, not so much as an act of submission, but more as an, an acknowledgement of place and role in carrying out the soul's deeper purpose of being an integral part of the soul's work. Long-term goals are help of the soul. The personality's focus is necessarily short-term. Fusion suggests right balance, harmonious and right relationship between long-term and short-term. In our modern culture, it's as if we are to recognize that to fully acknowledge and experience the destiny and purpose held in the kingdom of soul is neither to demean nor to deny nor repress the personal and the human. Only by kneeling before the greater can our full human potential be realized. Only then can something of the soul's natural selflessness and harmlessness sweep through our being. The kneeling is a natural response to the eternal within us. It's a response to the awe and glory and wonder of the spiritual realms that lie at the core of our being. This kneeling cannot be forced by an act of the will. Only by freely and spontaneously kneeling before that which is beyond death can we see the stupendous vision of the presence. And seeing that vision be empowered to turn and walk down the mountain, carrying that presence quietly in service to our kingdom, the human, and to that place where it is our destiny to truly stand on our own two feet. Because we have kneeled, the greater light can shine through us. By learning to kneel, learning to bring the transcendent into the incarnated world of time, space, place, culture, and personhood. The group of world servers is learning to stand as a group. During this time of crisis, lawlessness, danger, and hazard, members of the new group, initiates, disciples, and aspirants, are increasingly finding their spiritual group their home and place of shared purpose, the place where their soul's affiliation is most alive and real, and where the call to both sacrifice and the joy of service reaches most clearly into their being. 
from the center of soul affiliation, the center of soul group, it becomes possible to reach out with humility, recognizing and perhaps at times working with other soul groups and other circles of activity. Each group today, and there are so many, a multitude of such groups, if they are spiritually aligned, works in its own way as a seed group, as a seed in the great work of raising and bringing to life the dead body of the thought, culture and civilization of the human world. It can be tempting to think of one's own soul group as if it were the group, the center of the world esoteric group, and the task was simply to convince others that we have found the way and the truth. Yet the truth of this time is to be found in the bigger picture of a whole ecology of diverse groups and circles of clearly discipleship activity. Each point of lighted group work is itself precious, significant and, and of value. Yet it is through the whole group, in all its diversity and multiplicity, that the power of the new, the power of the one life is flowing. And it is through this world group made up of countless groups that the hierarchy is externalizing. We can well imagine that one of the results of the initiate's exposure on the mountaintop to a vision of weaving rivers and streams of light will be to permanently and forever reveal the spirit of synthesis underlying all the elements involved in the raising to life of humanity. Exposure to the light supernal will reveal the glory of the one shining through all the activities of the group of world servers from the gritty work of progressives and conservatives whose focus is on bringing goodwill and a vision of right relation into politics, diplomacy, law and creative economics, through to the work with the mysteries and circles as diverse as esoteric groups, schools of transpersonal and archetypal psychology and astrology, incarnational spirituality, the new monastics, circles of mindfulness, revival of indigenous wisdom and so on, each circle of activity has its part to play in the whole. And with this in mind in Capricorn, it becomes possible to observe with love the events of the time as a crashing and a crumbling of at least a portion of the mountain load of karma, clearing the ground so that the new life may take root in this living, breathing human center of creativity in the planetary life. One of the delights for me in pondering Capricorn is that it's an earth sign representing the densest point of concrete materialization of which the human soul is capable. Solidity, earthiness, density, hardness. At first glance, this can seem very surprising when considering the loftiness of the keynote for the disciple with its promise of an initiatory experience of light supernal. It really only begins to make sense when considering the two keynotes together, for the disciples' lofty call to light and service needs to be seen in relation to the words for Capricorn on the ordinary wheel. <coughs> and this says, and the word said, let ambition rule, 
and let the door stand wide. So it's as if we see portrayed for us, in, for us in this sign, the destiny of the soul's journey to earth. First, a journey to solidity, planting the feet firmly on the ground, establishing one's individuality and individuation. And then much later, it becomes a journey to bring the full light of the divine into the solidity of earth. First, by kneeling on the mountain top with only the knees and the toes of the feet touching the earth. And then by choosing to turn away from the source of light and to carry that light down into the world of the solid and the established. And that needs sure-footedness, good footwork. First, spirit, light supernal initiates the evolutionary urge to incarnate, to enter into the drama of the human story, place the feet on the earth and be governed by ambition to rule and conquer. And then through lifetimes, the spirit becomes crystallized, set in the ways of earth, strict, governed by rules and regulations, dogmas and traditions, weighed down by its unchanging solidity, its inability to adapt, be pliable and creative. But that very solidity of personality reaches a point of crystallization when it can so easily be shattered and destroyed. For the earthiness of Capricorn, we're told, holds in itself the seeds of death and finality. And this is its great promise. In both phases in this process of life becoming grounded and earthed in the human community, Capricorns represents what's been called a sign of conclusion and of periodic arresting. The mountaintop is used to symbolize initiation and revelation in nearly all of the scriptures of the world. It marks the highest point of earth that can be reached. Beyond this is only air and sky, nowhere for the feet to tread other than back down to the valley and to the start of a new cycle of effort. So it is that this Capricorn full moon gives us much to ponder as we look out upon a world in crisis. So much of the established order has crystallized. The materialism of the age, the absence of awe and delight and inspiration that have come to characterize a soulless consumerism. All of this is cracking and breaking under the strain of a constant flow of hazards and crises, from natural disasters to disasters of material and spiritual poverty, disasters of conscience and of morality. As old established ways of doing things break down, a new spirit of being together in the earth and on the earth and of the earth is being carried down from mountains of vision as a new cycle of effort gets underway. Capricorn then asks us to gird our loins. It calls on strength. It asks us to prepare, perhaps not so much for battle as for effort, strain and struggle, to fire a new creativity in the world. And our task is, if to, is to be on the lookout 
to notice every spark of this new light, this freshness that is being brought right into the very earthiness of life. May intuition guide us as we observe with care and discrimination the outlines of new thinking and new ways of being so that we may together become a group of participant observers who together with hierarchy lend support and stand in strength with all who are actively engaged in this attempt to raise the dead body of humanity. So friends, let's work together with the Foreman approach to the hierarchy. And begin by writing, reminding ourselves of the keynote of this work that we do every month. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to that great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. Let all of us say together, I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara. And through that ashram, towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And we extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. the higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming aligned into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Capricorn. Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back.
precipitation using the creative imagination visualize these energies of light love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth and prepared physical plane centers through which the plan is manifesting Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, people of goodwill everywhere in the world, and the multitude of physical centers of distribution. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together, let us all sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Now visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. 
and consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. As we sound the great invocation together, as it is sounded by groups and individuals throughout the world, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, radiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men the purpose which the Masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out 
and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. Thank you for that piece of work together. Remember that the actual time of not the Scorpio full moon, but the Capricorn full moon is tonight on December the 29th at 10.28 p.m. here in New York in the United States. The next new moon meditation meeting occurs, will take place on Wednesday, January the 13th at 6 p.m. in Eastern Standard Time. And the full moon, the Aquarius full moon meditation meeting will take place again on Zoom on Wednesday, January the 27th at 6.30 p.m. Um, and you can find the moon charts and the meeting schedules um, for 2021 at lucistrust.org slash full moon. In fact, if you go to that lucistrust.org slash full moon, you'll find uh, an index of all of the various different um, places you might want to go in relation to this full moon meditation work. And there are also copies of the talks um, given in New York, London, and Geneva back through the years. So thank you, friends. Thank you for this piece of work. Remember the full moon at 10.28, just before 10.30 this evening. So thank you, friends, and good evening.